Felix and Matt on the W Debate. Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back right now. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. You jumped up and... That's Austin Nate. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it, a stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance, they're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name, one, Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson, he's going to uncork for the end zone. Drops it in beautifully, and it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out. Justin Fields. Hello, Columbus. 51 yards. Brunner. Are you ready to go head to head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I got, I got, I got. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Uh, our apologies to Kirk Street and Adam Time will get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A's, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the only time zone with a committable Bama offer, and that means it's time for Debbie Debate, brought to you by Campus to Canton. That's Chris Moxley, and I'm Austin Nace. No Felix Sharp tonight, no Matt Bruning tonight. On an abandoned version of tonight's show, we talk early signing day, early signing day, and uh, yeah, you guessed it, early signing day. Uh, but we start with early signing day. Chris, uh, took place all day today. Overwhelming majority of players that uh, we care about ha- have found a home, uh, at least for a few months here. Uh, Storylines that maybe people aren't talking about enough. You know, we've heard enough about Arch and, and Malachi and all these guys. A, a storyline that you think, just following today, people just uh, have not been paying enough attention to. Um, Oregon, Flipmas is too obvious, right? <laughs> uh, I think that's the only thing people are talking about here this evening. Yeah, if you have not paid attention today know that if you had a prospect come into your school there's a good chance that they are now an oregon duck yeah I, so I would, I would check your vaults and you know your safes and everything to make sure your players are still there they they might not be yeah i i, I would be careful um i have one that i think you want to use so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna steal it from you how about the lack of commitments a lot of players today deferred like high-end players deferred not signing today to tomorrow or Friday. And I think that's pretty interesting. And it kind of tells you or is emblematic of the NIL era where people and schools and collectives are probably still in a last minute arms race in terms of money trying to secure some of these guys. So there's a handful of them out there. 
Uh, DeAndre Moore is a good example uh, of one who is recruiting tomorrow. Um, Didley, I don't think Travis Hunter has made his decision yet. Has he hit 100,000 followers? We, we, we get the man to 100K. And there's no, nothing. It's just nothing. It's, it's almost like he never intended to commit today. I don't know. So yeah, there's a there's just a couple hand, like a handful of guys that I really thought would get it done, and I think that's an nil thing more than anything. Do you think it's a an nil thing, like a negotiation tactic on the part of the players, or they're kind of holding out a few extra days for some more cash, or do you think there's they're legitimately getting you know multiple messages from multiple teams? The messages are probably about cash, so both. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, a coach is probably saying, "Hey, you know, we, we'll we'll bring you another 500k, and your parents can sit in the press box next to Ludicrous for a handful of games each year." I don't know who he's a fan of. So I'm just coming up with names. <laughs> what <laughs> would would that be? Would that be a deal maker for you if they, if they said that you got to sit next to Ludacris in the press box or your your parents did? Would that uh, would that win Chris Moxley's signature? <laughs> that would not win. My, if you told me I could sit next to Hootie, Darius Rucker in the press box, I uh, I would I think I'd be down. Um, big fan of Hootie, South Carolina alum. So if I got to like have six games a year with him, might be a deal breaker. Fair enough. Uh, we want to hear from you guys listening here. If you want to drop in the chat, uh, what uh, outrageous thing that you would ask for uh, on top of your NIL cash to, uh, to 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 get your signature, uh, get that thing over the line. Anything's absurd. Any anything goes. Anything, anything at all. Uh, please keep it mm, PG thirteen or uh, lower, please, uh, or else we can't read it here yes. on the show. Um, were there any commitments that surprised you today, Chris? I mean, I, there, it wasn't like, you know, last year we had Travis Hunter, the number one overall player, flip to Jackson State. We obviously weren't going to have that happen because, uh, you know, the the FCS school is probably not as intriguing without Dion there. But, I mean, it, was there a guy that, that kind of surprised you? Um, like, he wanted to go back to Oregon and say, like, literally literally their entire class. Um, I And the chat is talking about it. Um, I am a little bit surprised that Jurion Dickey, I, well, did he end up committing today or no? I thought he did. I mean, I, I thought he did too. His messages were like very vague. Like you have to read like 12 sentences. I, I I'm happy for him. I'm not going to read all of that. I'm just going to assume that he did commit. Cause I thought he did commit. Okay. So I'm surprised he committed. Cause I didn't think he was going to today. I thought he actually, yeah. Okay. Tw- as of 12 minutes ago. Oregon announced it. So I'm surprised Trey Dickey actually committed because I thought he was going to waver a little bit and maybe not end up there. So happy for Oregon um, and the gigantic class that they had. Um, but besides that, I kind of feel like everything fell into place as we expected it. No big offensive flips. Uh, obviously, obviously, Dante Moore is the big one. Didn't really happen today. That was kind of brief for a couple days. And then Austin Novosad. But I wouldn't consider Novosad a major flip. I mean, he's a four-star quarterback. We, we've got some folks in the chat. Uh, it seems to be full of Iowa fans here tonight lamenting the Caden Proctor flip. And that, I mean, I think it was uh, – I, th- I actually think that happened yesterday, right? I think that's when he announced that, that he was flipping. That one, yeah. like, it, it was all Iowa for a long time. And then all of a sudden, I actually thought he'd go to Colorado. I really thought, you know, the number – I guess he's the number two offensive tackle in the class, top five player overall from Iowa. Um, 
and he flipped there uh, to Alabama yesterday, and he'll be joining, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, another loaded Alabama class. I so I had seen the rumors that he was going to flip for a while, and uh, he's he's and basically an elite day one offensive tackle, probably regardless of where he starts, and that's probably still true at Alabama. So if you're um, an Iowa fan, you're probably upset about it, but how surprised are you really? Just, just saying the, the in, uh, or I'm trying to think how to phrase this. The the fact that, that they were unwilling to make any sort of concessions offensively feels like they doomed him or doomed, doomed that decision a little bit, you know, not that he needs them to be throwing 40 times a game or anything, but it's certainly not a lot of fun when every game is, is 12 to 10. Um, you, you, you want to, you want to have your job a little bit easier than that is does it make you feel better or worse that they're going to open up the offense this year with Cade McNamara under center? Um, I, I will take a big, take big fat lies for a thousand. Um, <laughs> no, they're what, what, I mean, it, it'd be hard not to open up the offense more. I mean, what did, I don't know how many times they threw the ball this year. It wasn't a lot and it certainly wasn't downfield a lot. Um, but no, they're not going to, I've, I've seen Cade McNamara's overly confident quotes, uh, floating around the, the past two weeks. And I, uh, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm sorry guys in the chat with the way he's been acting. I hope Iowa goes like <laughs> four and eight. Like I just, he's, he's been really bothering me with how he's, he's acted the past. Uh, I don't, I don't even have my, uh, my anti Iowa shirt here today, but I got one by the way. And uh, I'm not afraid to wear it. So next time I know we're talking to Iowa, it's coming out. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I, I think Proctor uh, was probably one of the bigger surprises of the day. I mean, there, it, it was about as predictable of a day as you really could have gotten. I mean, the, the, a lot of the big names signed early this morning, there wasn't even a lot of anticipation. I think the biggest drama is actually with Peyton Bowen, the safety. Yes. Who I don't even know if he's actually signed yet. There, there have been, conflicting reports that he they haven't actually received his facts at Oregon. Uh, he was uh, committed to forever to Notre Dame. And then there were rumors the past couple of days that it was definitely Oklahoma and then Oregon uh, today uh, uh, seemed to, to finish the job. I, I have heard, you know, these are Twitter streets that something's going on there. I don't think they've received it either. I have not read that they have just that he was flipping. That would be, I mean, if he, if he does flip, that's huge. That's probably the biggest one of the day. But if he doesn't flip or something's going on there, that's, that's a, a fun storyline to follow because he's certainly the highest profile guy. Anytime you're flipping a five-star is, that's a big deal. And they also flipped the four-star corner too. Um, I mean, Phil, Phil Knight is going out with a bang. 84, 84 years old. Still, uh, still kicking. Do you think that was the Dante Moore cash? Yeah, that they're taking Dante Moore's cash and just spreading it around a little bit more evenly. I mean, whatever works for you. They also got DJ Hughes, younger brother, who is a five-star yep. uh, defensive lineman. Yeah, so, so he so he there. he was an incredibly good tight end as well. Do we think he's playing edge full time? I mean, I think he should. I thought he looked much better as an edge than a tight end. Personally. Well, yes. Personally, I know that family has a history of questionable decision making when it comes to these sort of things. But yes, I I think that he'll play edge. And do we think 
any of the is there a player besides Travis Hunter in this class that you think will play both sides of the ball? Uh no. I, it's just so incredibly rare, you know. And I think, you know, if Travis Hunter had signed, maybe Florida State would have let him. I don't really know, but I know like Alabama does not look kindly upon that. Um, they, they haven't let guys do that in the past. Like it does. I mean, as incredible as Hunter is, and I do really think he could do it. Uh, I, I don't think staffs want to set a precedent by, you know, a guy comes in and says, well, he did it. I want to do it. It's really hard to tell a kid, well, you're not Travis Hunter. <laughs> like, guess what? You, you just didn't sign that kid. That that's, that's true, already though. over it. That, that statement. So uh, I, I'm not sure there's another player that can do it in the class at a high level. Uh, Nicholas Harbors talked about doing it, but he has so much work to do as a receiver uh, that I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Same with Mateo. Um, but excellent athletes who are both five stars who will probably dominate as edge, edge rushers. If you were a coach, would you rather a player tell you that they want to try to play both sides of the ball or that they want to play two sports while they're at your school? Two sports because it doesn't always overlap as much. Uh, Kyler, I mean, Kyler Murray did it for a handful of time at Oklahoma. Um, there's been, I mean, there's been a bunch of players who've done it as well. Like this, that is not unheard of. When was the last successful both sides of the ball guy in college? I, I mean, Chris Gamble. Gamble. Yeah, it's Chris the Gamble. There you go. Hey, look who it is! It's uh, it's all dressed, all dressed up, and nowhere Chris, to go. Chris Gamble. Um, I'd rather have the the player say that they want to play both sides of the ball. Um, at least they're in my building for the entire year and not splitting time between between buildings. I mean, if you play baseball, baseball is, is played in the spring. That's right where you're doing spring practices and spring conditioning. Uh, give me the guy who wants to be, you know, play football, but, but wants to play both sides of the ball. Did Travis Hunter make his commitment? No, that's weird. No, he, he still hasn't. I think he's, he's gotta be over a hundred thousand. He is. He is. He did it a couple hours ago. Yeah. Which is an, an amazing marketing strategy because you know you monetize at over a thousand subscribers and i think it's what it's like worth a couple of a couple of dollars per thousand views he just started his youtube page and said all right i'm getting a hundred thousand it's really really smart he's a smart kid smart kid yeah he uh he hit the digital marketing jackpot today someone someone advised him on this by the way like not that he's not incredibly smart. That's what I was. He's so he's surrounded him with smart people who are like, "You want to make the most of this, dude? This is what we're gonna do." YouTube star Travis Hunter coming to your airwaves. YouTube. Would you rather have a player be a YouTube star, play both sides of the ball, or play a different sport? Uh well, now that they can be YouTube stars, remember that Florida State kid a couple years ago that had like that that they like took away his scholarship or whatever, or, or he violated the NCAA rules. Cause he was taking videos of him, like doing trick shot kicks or something. And, and he was, uh, that's so, down. that's so lame by the yeah. way. Yeah. Was that Jimbo who did in it? In the case of, of Ohio state, Ryan day has chosen for G Scott and he's resulted to just being a YouTube star. So, um, is G Scott a YouTube star? Did I miss this? Yeah. He plays video games on his YouTube channel. Oh, I didn't know that. Is With like good? five followers or like hundreds of thousands? He has more views than catches. Let's say that. So like three? <laughs> I mean, if he yeah, had four views, he'd be doing a little bit better. Yeah. Well, Felix, I, I want to ask you, since you've uh, graciously hopped in here with us, uh, how was your date tonight? 
You're on All here right. with us, so it can't have been like amazing, right? It was fine. It was fine. Okay. Okay. Just I had an engagement. Who said I, I had an engagement? Sorry, an engagement. I forget what the kids are calling it these days. Yeah, I hadn't heard that one yet. And I have to ask you, Felix. Uh, yeah. Uh, did you have fun gallivanting around New York City this weekend? I did. Have you told any New York City stories? Is this in the show I, sheet? I fit. No, I figured we'd tell. We'd maybe do a little short little after show. We could. We could uh, okay. talk about it, but uh, I'm looking for the show sheet. I cannot find the show sheet. Oh, there isn't one. I don't know if you missed. You know, when I'm when I'm gone, we're I riffing the show to run exactly. I give you guys ideas in the group chat on what to talk about today. That's what we're going to talk about. It's just not formalized in any sort of document. Would you want to okay. sign a letter of intent about? So we'll talk about, about we'll talk about everything that happened in New York in the after show. Yes. So stay tuned for that. If we get a hundred thousand followers, um, Felix will announce exactly what happened on his date today, <laughs> and exactly what happened in New York City this weekend. Um, yes. <laughs> so um, back to early signing day, which uh, which is our main topic for tonight. I know we talked a little bit about this on the show today, and Felix, I'll come to to you on this. Who's your big winner on the day? You know, it could be a team, a, a, a player, a, a school. Uh, NIL, like a concept. What, what was the winner today? I got to think it's USC. And that, from a fantasy perspective, I think that it's USC. Because they they recruited, signed, and um, uh, closed on three high-level recruits, Malachi Nelson, the two wide receivers, Zachariah Branch, and uh, Makai Lemon. And for our perspective, you know, that's exactly what we want. We want to have – the high-level uh, Lincoln Riley recruit. We want them to be paired with some excellent receiving talent, and that's what you get. Especially, and I haven't watched Makai Lemon, but in, in, the, in Zachariah Branch, Tyreek Hill, you know, Marquise Brown, those are fair comps for him. And Lincoln Riley has had success with that spectrum of wide receiver. And so, not only does does uh, Malachi Nelson get the Lincoln Riley tutelage, but he also gets the skill positions to develop with that are going to be there just as long as he is there. And that's really, really important. So yes, I know that Oregon had the great day, um, but I'm going to give the nod from a fantasy perspective to, to USC. Miami also had a great day considering how bad that team was in 2022 and to have at least through now the number three class and, you know, Mario Cristobal wants to build through the trenches. Um, uh, and they signed some trenches guys today, and they could still get uh, Kermani McClain. I don't know if he's committed to, to, to Colorado since I last looked. But Miami is still in the running. Miami was who he was committed to. So um, I got to go with – but from a fantasy perspective, I'm going to go with USC because at least two of those guys, at least two of those guys are going to be first-round uh, supplemental freshman supplemental draft pick. So give me USC. Any concern that uh, that Miami is just Texas A and M this year with all the, oh, yeah. uh, the money thrown? I mean, that's how they're building. That's how. I mean, I don't know if. Well, let's not accuse Mario of just throwing money out there. I mean, he was a great recruiter at Oregon, and he recruited in the trenches. Uh, well, there too, and so he's doing the same thing at Miami. And the other thing that was leaking out of that locker room was the fact that. Mario Cristobal needed to get his guys 
This is an intense coach, an old school coach. This is a coach that's going to yell at you and tell you how bad you are in the film room. And he needed to get a certain character of player in that locker room. Well, he's got his well, technically his second recruiting class, but hopefully this round of guys that he's uh, uh, brought there to Miami, you know, fit that style because you have to be built a certain way to be coached uh, that hard. Chris, your biggest winner on the day? Um, give me kids who are trying to get the bag. I think a lot of kids are are doing really well with NIL. There was a uh, it was an anonymous poll where the number one driver of decisions for recruits and and the well the primary driver at least was NIL at eighty percent. And I think a lot of kids are being rewarded, especially four and five stars down the roster. I think a lot of kids are still getting something. So that's awesome. And you're seeing non-traditional powers being able to compete at least at a higher level than you would consider previously. I think we had 10 schools today that had the highest uh, recruiting class in the last 10 years. Like that's probably not possible with that NIL investment. Louisville is a great example of this where these kids are getting paid and that's awesome. Like leverage it. Well, why, like, why not? You have a free transfer. If it doesn't work out, it just, I think we're finally seeing some player empowerment that we haven't been seeing in a very long time. If ever. Do you, uh, do you, do you wonder if it's sustainable, Chris, for a lot of these freshmen? I mean, I know the, the biggest names are always going to get cash no matter what. Uh, but if we see a couple of big uh, flameouts in the next couple of years, you think we start to see the money for unproven guys scaled back, and the player and the money for uh, you know so- freshmen sophomores that have already played a little bit uh, uh, go up. You know how the stock market always increases over time at like seven percent, regardless of downturns, regardless of like recessions. Seven percent long term is what you're going to expect. It will always go up. There's so much money being invested into the sport from TV deals to um, like outside of ad revenue, like marketing, merchandising, et cetera, is going to make this just incredibly more lucrative. So it will, it will rise as, you know, the like a rising tide lifts all ships in this case. Like you're going to see coaches paid more. You're going to see players paid more. I don't think there's going to be a point where they stop doing it without like, there's not going to be a salary cap in this sport. So, yeah, like I, I think the high end guys are always going to be paid because the payoff potential with them is so high that it's worth spending eight million dollars on Nico Imalieva if you think that he's the guy. It's worth spending ten million dollars on a Quinn Ewers if you think he's going to be the guy. Like it, there's a lot of incentive for teams to do that because if you hit ten million dollars, is pretty much just a drop in the bucket of what your potential outcome is going to be. What would someone's return be if they invested $10 million in the college fantasy space? I got to think hundred billion. Be, they would be able to get that money back. You know, if somebody actually just said, all right, we're going to dominate this particular space and build another platform, build another competitor and, you know, make it uh, easy and accessible. It, it's coming. It's coming eventually. Yeah, um, I, I I would agree with that. Um, you know, my biggest winner on the day actually is Devontae Walker. 
who was yeah. not a signing day guy, uh, but signed at UNC. Yeah. We were a oh, little bit. I told that. you, I said that North Carolina needs to recruit some wide receivers because they're losing touchdowns. They need real go-to guy. And Devontae Walker going to UNC. That is the perfect fit. Now I do have a question about, you know, he's not a he's not a slot wide receiver. This is a boundary wide receiver. So um how is he going to be utilized there? How is Drake May going to mesh with with him? But perfect, perfect landing spot. I have no doubts about him fitting in there because they don't have Phil Longo there anymore. And I think Phil Longo emphasized the slot position. And I think it doesn't hurt that their best players have been slot receivers over the past couple of years. I think this is a case of get the ball to your best receiver. I do think he'll be their best receiver next year. Although I, I still, you know, don't sleep on the guys like Kobe pay sore. Like I, I still think they have some other nice pieces there, but Walker really does give them an alpha on the outside. He can be used in the red zone. Uh, he can, he, he can do a lot of yak stuff. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that he went there. You know, we, t- the, the, the theme of pretty much every show I've been on over the past month is self-awareness and to these self-awareness to end up in a spot that's going to end up highlighting them the way they need to achieve whatever goals they have. I think UNC is great for Devontae Walker. And I think hitching your wagon to a guy that looks like he's going to be an early first-round draft pick next year, a quarterback, really never a bad decision. I mean, how early do you think realistically he goes in like CFF drafts next year, Chris? Second round? Whoa, time out. Probably, Are we talking probably. about Devontae Walker? Devontae yeah. Walker? Yeah. In supplemental drafts, Devontae Walker needs to go no lower than the second round, the end of the second I, round. I, I, does Walker yeah, have I, Debbie upside? Nelly is asking. Yes, he does have Debbie upside. Mm-hmm. If you're a six foot three, 215 pound wide receiver who can stretch the field, I mean, that's what Christian Watson is. This guy absolutely has Debbie upside. So it, he was a, a guy that I was trying yeah. to add to my roster. Uh, uh, at the end of the season last year, this, his value goes way up, in my opinion. Uh, go, as much as Isaiah Nayor going to Texas last year, and we see that he, at least for me, he was in top 20 at wide receiver, I, I think that there's an argument that Devontae Walker should make the same kind of jump. I, If you listened to us at the end of the year, we talked a bunch about Devontae Walker and why we th- think that he – is someone you need to add to your and your bench, both for CFF and you know I Felix and I talk we'll talk about this on Twitter extensively. I think we brought it on here a couple of times that we just think he's a size speed freak. Um, guys, just like really really athletic. Uh, again, Nate Marquise's guy who kept kept it from us all off season until he couldn't anymore and hid it from us so we can draft him in our drafts Selfish. ahead of him. Selfish, yes, but. Uh, yeah, I think he has Debbie upside, especially in North Carolina. Like, perfect spot. Self-awareness. There you go. I don't think he's – well, he might be. He's probably only available in two or three of my leagues. And the one he's that I can think of on top of my head, we can't make waiver pickups. So, yeah, he's there in that one. But Yeah, I would I would be surprised if he was not available. Because he was a really steady producer in Mac play before actually kind of went down with a bunch of injuries. And they had Devin Cartman, who was terrible, come in. And he's from, Sorry, the, he's from the Carolina area as well, mm-hmm. I believe. So he, he went to like a JUCO for a year that didn't play due to COVID in 2020. Is that his his first year? And then he ended up at, at Kent State, I think is the story that, that is behind him. Um, I think so. I, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So, I mean, go he gets to go back home, gets to, to flash, you know, for the draft next year, gets an upgraded quarterback, gets an upgrade in – in team prestige. I mean, I, I think this is uh, 
uh, a really nice landing spot for him. So that's that's my big win on the day. Uh, he played at uh, NC Central, by the way. NC Central. Go. Okay. He's from he's from Charlotte. Okay. How far is Charlotte from where UNC is? I don't even know. Two hours and ten minutes. Thank you for getting that down to the minute for us. That, that's. I know uh, how far Chapel Hill is from me, which is like thirty-ish minutes, and I know how far Charlotte is from me. So you know, triangulate. You're, wel- you're welcome for North Carolina geography here. Thank you, thank you. This is really, really good. I need you to draw a map for us. Look, uh, you kind of go like this. That hopefully you're watching on video, so you can see the map that I drew. Yeah, for the podcast the, uh, folks, <laughs> you, you don't know how to get around North Carolina now. Sorry, you're gonna have to go check out the video. Um, somebody asked about Graham Mertz to Florida. Felix, do you have any thoughts on that? I I don't think you're you're overwhelmed by it by any stretch. No, I don't like Billy Napier as a quarterback developer. I had a problem when Billy Napier was going to be coaching Anthony Richardson. Of course, I'd have an issue when he's coaching Graham Mertz. I thought that Kentucky, because that's where it would. I thought that that was actually reported, like he was committed to Kentucky. And then Devin Leary goes there. I would have much rather had seen Graham Mertz in Kentucky. I thought I think that he has the perfect, you know, drop back play action skill set. And with Barry and Brown, with Dane Key in their second years, there I thought that there was the potential that Graham Mertz could be 2023 Ken Pickett. It's not going to happen in Florida. Graham Mertz is persona non grata. Can't do nothing with him. Can't win with him. Can't do nothing with him with uh, Billy Napier there. Quite frankly, the only position that I want in a Billy Napier offense is one of those three running backs that he's going to use in the committee. I don't want the wide receivers. I don't want the quarterback. And, you know, I don't want anything uh, uh, anything else in that offense. Is How emblematic – is it of the last week and a half that Florida's had that their top recruit, their guy to replace Anthony Richardson is Graham Mertz. Just got a bridge to Rashad and Lagway, man. You know, he's got to make it one more year. I guess. So I'm going to say, I guess. <laughs> That's my reaction, too. Yeah. And they didn't, I mean, Florida definitely had uh, not a great couple of days here. Uh, no. Like I, by, by the way, I just pulled it up. Two hours and eight minutes from Charlotte to UNC Chapel Hill. So Devontae's Walkers could be able to hang out with his family. Great, great landing spot. But CFF, yeah, top two rounds. Yeah, I, I, it honestly wouldn't shock me if a thousand yards and, and double digit touchdowns uh, are hanging around for him uh, this yeah. year. Your biggest loser, Chris, on the day. And then we're actually going to get into just a two round uh, freshman mock here uh, now that we have official landing spots. I've talked about how Florida, I think, is my biggest loser. I don't want to, like, hammer them too much. I just think it was a bad day for them. Um, I was actually earlier going to bring up Colorado uh, as the biggest surprise of the day, but I know that that's, I think, your biggest loser. That's so. my talking point, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, but I, I just don't like anything Florida or did, to be honest. I, I just feel like it's been a really bad week for them, and I, I don't feel like getting grammar solves any of their issues whatsoever. I don't like the Billy Napier hire period. I, I think that it's trending downward. He can't hold on to the class. When you lose a class on signing day, that's that's a big problem or red flag for a coach. And this was a coach who wasn't really recruiting high levels in the G5 anyway. I don't know. I, I, I just have a hard time feeling positive about the direction this program's currently going. And today was pretty, uh, summed it up pretty well. 
And they lost a lot of volume too from that team. I yeah. Mean, even if they weren't guys that were supposed to be heavy contributors next year, I mean, what, they, what were they missing? Like thirty something guys for the bowl game or something like that. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just so. I mean, you have to. That's a lot of guys you have to replace, even if you can't do it all in in one day. Here, um, definitely uh, not great there for them. Is A and M? A and M was too obvious, or I would have said though. Yeah, I mean, what, what did A and M <laughs> do today? They got Micah Tease. And they flipped uh, Marcel Reed uh, earlier this week, the quarterback, uh, to be a backup. Like it's not even like they need a starter there. I, I can't really think of anything else positive that happened to to Texas A and M today. Twenty four, and this is not up for. This was prior to today. So if they had any transfers in or transfers out, I'm sorry. As of yesterday, twenty four transfers out, zero transfers in. It's a problem. The culture, the culture. Things are going well. Down in Lubbock. No, wait. Where is that? No, College Station. College Station. College Station. Sorry. Oh yeah, they did get they did get Owens who. You're right. They You're we right. did uh they, the ATM the bank the oil money came through ended up in his uh checking account. That's right. They did get uh, Anthony Richardson. Orn has uh, declared for the NFL draft. Orn asked in the chat, has Anthony Richardson decided if he's coming back or not? He is declared, and he will not not play in their bowl game. Good to know. How do you think Florida's going to fare with Adam? Uh, I think the office is going to struggle with the ball. I think they'll hold on to that scoring streak, though. Barely. Just embarrassing yeah. uh, what they had to do there uh, at the end of that game to keep that thing rolling. Felix, do you have a big loser today? I mean, it's easy to pick Baylor thinking that they had this high-quality quarterback prospect that was going to come uh, into the stable there. And quite frankly, I think that Baylor is a good place for a quarterback to develop under Jeff Grimes. I like that offense. The The wide zone 49er scheme has been good for quarterbacks for decades. You can go back to Jake Plummer having success uh, in that offense under Mike Shanahan. So um, I would say I would point out Baylor uh, here as a, as a, as a big loser. And, and quite frankly, the fact that Aon hasn't secured more flips, doesn't have Travis Hunter today. I think that that's a, that's potentially a, a makes him a loser. Oh, I think, I think Colorado is a big loser today. I do think it's tough to expect them to get a lot of flips, you know, the volume, uh, was never going to be there, but I thought they could get one or two. They got Dylan Edwards earlier this week. He might be a good college running back, but I don't think he's a guy that you're you're walking out of a a, a, a signing day and saying like, "Yep, that's the guy that we're kind of you know, the focal point of our recruiting class." And other than that, I mean, they missed out on all those five stars. It sounds like Cormani McLean could be the guy that ends up flipping with yeah. them. The, the this cornerback that's uh, from Miami that already has had like. So much recruiting saga. Now it sounds like he might end up there. I mean, these these Southern Florida kids are really hard to trust, man. They just they they have like no loyalty anywhere, and they will bounce at the drop of a pin. Is Deontay the other guy, right? Who is Who? floating around out there? Who? DeAndre Moore for uh, Colorado. I think he's going to be Texas or. Um, uh, Georgia. I don't think uh, I don't. I hadn't heard of Colorado for him. There's a D lineman that apparently they might be in for, who's fairly highly ranked. I, I'll be honest, my my knowledge of this incoming defensive tackle class is lacking, so I I honestly don't know. You're, that was your loser. What say, same concerns that Felix laid out. 
Yeah, I mean, what what did they do today? They they uh, they made no noise. They made no splash on Dion's first day, and uh, they signed Shadour, so that's pretty cool. Um, I don't even know. Like, I don't. I I think Travis. That's Hunter like your. Up there. That's like your mom's like saying, "Good job, honey. Good job, sweetie." Gold star. Like, yeah. yeah, bringing your bringing your son in, like flipping your son or getting him out of the portal, like that's kind of a low barrier. Yeah. Um. Not not great there. And I don't. I don't. I think Travis Hunter ends up there, but I don't know that it's a guarantee. I, I, this, enough people are still oh, around that, like, I don't hey. think he's going to end up there. I think oh, he's going to end okay. up in Georgia. You do definitely think that. You think Georgia's going to let him play both ways? Jared said he doesn't think that they'll let him do that. I don't know, but I do think he's going to end up there. But I, it, he said he'll go somewhere where and that's really important. If you're Kirby and staff and you offer him like a couple mil, Plus, like you're going to be developed defensively as the top three pick that you get, can be. I don't know why he wouldn't. Colorado can't. Colorado cannot match the NIL. They are selling Deion Sanders. That is what they are doing. So if Prime is enough for him, then Prime's enough for him. But I, I don't necessarily know that that's going to be true. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's questionable. Uh, maybe you know, uh, I Kevin Coleman probably still ends up there. Yeah, uh, I think so. I don't even, I don't even, is he officially in the portal? I, I had not seen that yet. Um, I think he I, entered. He's not going to stay at Jackson State. Uh, I'm just not sure that he'll go ahead to Colorado either. I mean, Felix, the fact that we're just talking about Colorado at all today is still a win for Colorado, but uh, you disappointed in what they did today too, it sounded like? Colorado? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I said that they, you know, that they were a loser. They got Dylan Edwards. And, you know, Shador Sanders has committed there. But I, I think that you know, at least me, I was expecting at least one more high level flip, maybe a four star. Um, but, and as Nelly says in the chat, the fact that Cormani McLean didn't sign today is probably a good sign for him. But the fact that Travis Hunter didn't sign today is not a good sign for him. I mean, I don't know what the issue is. You, 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 you know, that, you know, that, uh, that prime is going to let him play both sides of the ball. Is he going to do that at Georgia or Alabama or any of these other schools that are recruiting him? I don't think so. So, um, but I mean, it is day one. It is day one. And we only, the high level, you know, skill position flips that we saw today are what Austin Nova said. And that's about it. Everybody else stayed uh, with the schools that they had originally committed to. So maybe we'll see some further developments as we get, you know, further, how, how long is this early signing day period? You know, or is it just is it just today, or do, can they sign? The, it can no. sign up till February. Is that right? Yeah, it's, yeah. They they have okay. A so you know, Nicholas Nicholas Harvard. So they have until, until February, and he wants early signing day. So maybe you know we see some further developments later this week, and we will too. Like a guy like Lenora Sellers, who I really hope South Carolina gets. He pushed it back to Friday, and I wouldn't be surprised if. Handful of others do too. We already know DeAndre Moore pushed his back. Um, a lot of the guys that Dion was trying to flip did not flip, which is a little concerning. Like it's not just that he didn't get anybody, but he made a concerted push for like five or ten guys and didn't get any of them. Like Bakari Swain, who is like a, a athlete, wide receiver, DB. Like I thought he would flip, and he did not. He actually ended up staying with South Carolina, which was unexpected in my opinion. They did. They did get Adam Hopkins, who's like the 51st rated wide receiver in the class, or something. That was their other signing today. So, and his, uh, we talked about it a little bit on the the, the early signing day uh, uh, stream that we did today. Like his best tape is not actually as a wide receiver; it's as a corner. Like he's not, 
he's not uh, anything spectacular from what I've seen personally. So I don't know. All right. We ready to get this draft start? Yeah, let's get let's get this muck going. Let's do two rounds. Um, Felix, I guess you know we'll let you go first because you're the only because one. I'm the least experienced with this class. Is that what you're saying? That's it's fine. A, it's um, a pity pick. Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I you know I think that there are. I'm trying to think. I think that there are two candidates that I would consider for the for the one on one one on one, and they both play for the same team. I'm going to take the quarterback. Lincoln Riley has done, you know, a great job at developing these guys. So I think Malachi Nelson is the is the one on one, and I think he'll probably end up being the consensus one on one when it's all said and done. I mentioned this on our stream today when I was not on air in the chat. Um, like it's just bad process to not take a Lincoln Riley quarterback at this point, right? Like three, the guy has three Heisman winners, and he's a thirty-seven year old head coach or a forty-two year old or something. Like, holy crap. That's never been done, and this guy's got like 25 years left to coach if he wants it. Just craziness. Chris, uh, we'll, we'll go with you second here. Go ahead. Yeah, this is actually a pick, I think. I think Malachi Nelson also secures himself as the quarterback one first overall, no question. Um, I'm going to go Cedric Baxter. Uh, he's the RB1. I think that he is the clear-cut RB1, at least in my opinion. I don't think that Haynes is in the same tier as him, which there's a back and forth uh, at our site, whether or not that's true. But I like Cedric Baxter. I think that he's the most talented running back in this class. And going to Texas, being under Steve Sarkeesian, who has developed uh, two I, – I don't know who said the stat today, so I'm sorry if I don't credit it. It might have been Felix. Um, four of the last Heisman winners have been Steve Sarkeesian running backs. So he obviously knows Doak what Walker. he's doing. Doak Walker. Doak Wal- yeah, sorry, Doak Walker. Doak Walker winners have been Steve Creature running backs, Najah Harris and Dijon Robinson. So I'm not I'm not gonna be mad. I know Jadon Blue's also there, but so is Jonathan all- Brooks. We need to stop discounting Jonathan Brooks, who was third on the team in carries. It, so did Roshan Johnson to- declare? Yeah. Did he, he declare? Did. Okay, he did. So so Jonathan say, he's Brooks a- might be actually the starter in the bowl game, I'm assuming. I don't know why people are discounting yeah. him. That's I would not do that. I think the problem with him is that I just think Baxter is so superior to him. And I don't know if he, can he can he take a, a receiving role. We'll be interested to see how Texas divvies up the running back carries yeah. uh, there next year. Does Brooks become like Roshan? That's the goal line guy only, or does Baxter? I mean, I I, I don't know how they're gonna divvy all of that up, but it will be. It's probably it's watch. probably a three headed committee next year. Uh, yeah. Two headed committee that turns into three headed committee once Baxter kind of gets up to speed with the playbook. Malachi Nelson one, Cedric Baxter two, Austin. Thanks, Felix, for keeping us on track. Uh, Arch Manning, I'll take Arch. Name value here is just too good to pass up. Um, if I don't want him in two months, I can just trade him to somebody else. Um, but I, I, I think that uh, I, I'll take you know, like I like Rink Lincoln Riley quarterback. I'll take the Steve Sarkeesian quarterback and, and hope that works out for me. Yeah, it's really hard to develop wide receivers and classes is really good from you know the few guys that I've scouted and from what a big wide receiver guy and uh and solving football have you know kind of have told us so I'm gonna I, I got Malachi Nelson it just makes sense to have lock up the stack here so I'm gonna go with Zachariah Branch and I don't think that that's a bad pick um I think that he might be the second or third most talented player in this class but that is not where I would have gone. I'm going to go with Dante Moore. And I was between Baxter and Moore here, actually. I think Moore is 
the safest projection of any player in this class, just an incredibly well-developed player. And he's actually the youngest um, between him and Malachi, who depending on where you go, uh, one and two uh, arches right there as well. So I want to secure a quarterback with an NFL projection at a high pick in a supplemental freshman draft. So I feel really good about getting a guy like Dante Moore at four. I think that's a very safe. You got him at five. 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 Yes, five. A, that's, that's my a issue with Dante Moore hit. is the fact that he does feel like just a safe prospect. He feels like a potential game manager. And if he's going to reach his ceilings, he has to have, you know, what Tua Tunga Villaloa was before Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill were, th- were there. That's my fear as to what uh, Dante Moore will be. Somebody who needs elite skill positions around him to realize his fantasy potential. So, um, you know, I so, don't have a problem with that pick, but I just want that out. Here's, and this is a philosophical uh, thing that, and it's probably important because it'll probably inform a couple other picks that I have as well. Um, I am very much in on taking the safest option at the top of a C2C freshman supplemental draft because the miss rate is so high on these picks that if I can get a guy that I think is probably going to be an NFL pick over a guy with like probably a higher ceiling, but a lo- much lower floor, I'll probably do that, which is why I would have taken Dante more over Arch Manning. I just think the Arch Manning, or, like I love our, I, I love Arch Manning. Like I'm not going to trash him. He's the number one player in the country, but I do think Dante Moore is a safer ceiling this or safer floor, despite not having the Manning. Name. And so that's the, that's the back and forth that I have that, but that's, that's the way that I draft. I draft for safety and projection. Well, safety be damned. I'm going Jonte Cook with my next pick here. Um, I I just I, I love this kid. I, I think that he's going to be a star uh, within the next 18 months uh, in college. I really, really do. Just a guy that was born to play football. Really good wide receiver. Um, I think he plays as a freshman. I, I think he gets you know significant snaps relative to what freshmen usually get uh, at Texas this season. All right. So I'm going to like – thinking where I'm going to go here. Um, there's there. I could go to the running back position. Um, but I just think that wide receiver is so hard to develop that I need to, to stay in this lane. And there's like two players that I would take at the wide receiver position. I'm going to go with the guy with the guy who's bigger that has a, a faster mile per hour time. And I'm going to go with Hakeem Williams here. Um, I could have went with Jerron Dickey, but Jerron Dickey hasn't even signed. I'm going to go yes. with Hakeem Williams, who's headed. He had. We believe was so. it late in the yes. day? Yeah, it happened it like 20 minutes ago or so, like an like an hour. Oh, okay, I'm like, I think, yeah. you, were, I think you were anyway. at your engagement. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm going to take Hakeem Williams here, and hopefully. Uh, the player, the uh, the other player that I wanted here, um, will come back to me when we circle around. Hakeem Williams, big boundary wide receiver. I think we have him, but we have him over twenty two miles per hour, which surprises me for something. Twenty two point something, which surprises me about a player this size. Usually, when you are that big, you're going to be in the nineteen point five to twenty mile per hour. Uh, 20 mile per hour range. So uh, he, anyway, he's Demarius Thomas. He's Demarius there Thomas. He, he is. He just doesn't know how to play football at all yet. So there is substantial risk. I personally wouldn't take him that early, but I get it. Like the, the, the just freakiness is apparent. These boundary guys have really high ceilings. We haven't seen one of these big body guys in a long time, 
but this guy has some athleticism. Mike that Mike in the chat, Mike Valerie, campus contributor, says that Hakeem Williams is or is uh, nineteen, and they don't have a good, good history of of older I, freshmen. I Whatever. want to address this. That's actually not true at the wide receiver position, from what the guys <laughs> have said. Uh, just just real quick, because I have heard, I had a bunch of people fake news media say oh something gosh. about that. Um, it fake sounds news. like maybe quarterback is the only position we're worried about age as guys enter college. We, we're not worried at running back, and we're not worried at wide receiver, especially for a guy like Hakeem that's only been playing football for two to three years. Uh, we're more concerned about about that uh than, than his age so don't let that throw you off if he's a guy you really really want this year chris yeah um i think that's early for hakeem williams and i'm not i think he'll be able to get him later in supplemental drafts in my opinion but i'm gonna go with just Haynes. um i think he's the best art running back available i think that you can make an argument for him to be in tier one i don't I uh, think he's there, but he's clearly in my RB too. Uh, and I think he's like a step above Ru- Ruben Owens or Roger Robinson, depending on who you have as well. Um, I just think this Alabama room is going to sort itself out in a positive way for him. I, I, I don't think there's necessarily a lot blocking him. And I think he occupies a role that Alabama wants to feature. And his uh, his play type really lends itself to, I think, the way that Alabama's coaching staff is wanting to deploy these guys. So it might not be Dex here, but when Jason McClellan moves on, he might operate in that Jason McClellan role, which is, a, um, I think, a really viable role for fantasy and one that the NFL skill set is prioritizing as well. So I I, I like Justice Haynes, uh, and I'm happy to get who's, like, my RB2 here. I think, I think that I like that. I value. think... I think Justin Haynes, Justice Haynes, is the RB one in this class. I think that there's a tier after him. I think that he is clearly the RB one, or at least if there's another uh, uh, running back who's comparable to him. It's not Cedric Baxter, in my opinion. Uh, so maybe there's somebody else uh, down the line, but Justice Haynes is clearly uh, my number one in this class. I think you're on the same page as Alfred with that one. Yep. All right, uh, I'm gonna take you. <laughs> so I was gonna say, <laughs> he won't listen. Don't worry. He's been listening to uh, to to. Uh, it feels like he's like a random sample of shows, so you never really know when he's gonna right. drop in and right. get you. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna take Jackson Arnold here. I, I think he. I we talked wow. about this on the show a little bit today. Like he might be the like the Kate Klubnik of this class. That like yeah. yeah, like are his measurables the best? No, they're they're really really not. And, and but. Uh, like Klubnik, won the Elite 11 for whatever that's worth. He's highly accurate. Uh, he's very polished. He goes to a place where he, he's probably going to sit for a year. And then, like, is Oklahoma A going to to transfer portal somebody in over top of him or B bring somebody in that's better than him next year as, as a freshman? I kind of doubt it after watching their limited success in the portal the past couple off seasons. Uh, so he feels pretty safe to start there. I, th- I think that's a good spot for him. So I'll, I'll take Jackson Arnold here. The last quarterback that I feel like pretty good about at least like, you know, being pretty darn good, at least in college. He, he, were you on the show, uh, the better sports show with us, Austin, where, um, we had Alan true on of 24 seven sports friend, of, friend of the show. He said that some people within the scouting industry and especially 24-7 view Jackson Arnold as a top quarterback in the class. I think that's crazy, but um, he's definitely not a bad player by any stretch, so whatever. Uh, I'm going to take Brandon Brandon Ennis here, wide receiver headed to Ohio State. 
Um, I haven't watched him or scouted him myself, but the people that I trust are very high on this player. And uh, Ohio State, you know, they've had some misses, but that's because they haven't gotten playing time. Uh, Brandon Ennis is a five-star wide receiver, and uh, so I'm going to take it. I mean, that feels like really good value at the 10 overall. Uh, so give me Brandon Ennis. I was going to take him at my next pick. I, I didn't think you would, so um, that hurts a little bit. Chris? Yeah, I'm going to go Drayon Dickey here. We did, Felix, you didn't take Drayon Dickey earlier. You took, I did not. Uh, no. Keith, yeah. I took Hakeem okay. Williams. Yeah. yeah, you chat talked about him for a sec there. Um, I just think he's a really solid five-star wide receiver. I don't know what necessarily his projection is going to be, but he's a high-end player who needs to learn a little bit bit but he's an outside guy and i think that he can be incredibly successful he's a good athlete just a guy that i that's the that's the type of wide receiver that i really want to invest in like i've been just attracted to that prototype and i i go back and forth on how high he should be going in drafts i think he's going to go higher than i'm taking him at this pick though just because of his um like measurables and opportunity there i I think that he's a player that is going to rise. I think Hakeem Williams is the same way as well. Um, but I think this is the range that's probably going to end up going, which I don't even know what pick we're at. We're at like 112. We're at the 11th pick, yeah. 11. We're at the 11th so yeah, pick. I, and I'll, I'll I like getting him at 111. Jerrion Dickey, I think there are snaps of him playing defensive end on his high school tape. There are snaps of him playing safety. There's obviously snaps of him playing wide receiver. The only player who I can think of who had that kind of profile coming up is Braylon Edwards, who could have played defensive end. When you think of, I mean, you think, but yes, these wide receivers who are six foot three, you know, and they're 215 pounds, it's probably nothing for them to get up to 240 pounds and play defensive end. That's the kind of athlete that, that Jerry on Dickey is. Now I think that he's also very raw given that he was playing all of these positions, but if there's no question about his physicality, which we don't necessarily see from the wide receiver position anymore, except for when George Pickens is pushing over a cornerback who's in his backpedal. But that's the type of tenacity that that Jerrion Dickey uh, brings to his game. So he's probably – I think the comp for him has been A.J. Brown. Um, so, you know, that's the kind of ceiling that we're seeing from a, a guy of a physical wide receiver built like a – between he and Hakeem Williams, hopefully one of them – uh, uh, hits because that's a very high ceiling profile. The bigger alpha uh, wide receiver. He's my wide receiver six. And it's interesting because I have like so many negative things written down about him, but the potential is just so clearly there. Yeah. Like, like that's not like, it, that's not a knock on him. Like that you, you can just watch him and say like, you know, he lets the ball get inside his frame too much. Like he he's overly physical to the point where like, he doesn't have to be at times like that. That's not always necessarily a good thing. Like he's not a great yak threat. Like that. He lets DBs kind of get on him a little too much at the line of scrimmage. Like, and it's just like, well, I don't really care. Cause I can see this great player, despite all these bad things. You, really you are Michelangelo. And Jurion Dickey is your marble. And he can become a beautiful sculpture. I used to think that it was the 16 chapel, as in the number 16. Oh, hold on. A lot of people who are listening to this don't realize that it's not the 16, 16th chapel. It's the 
Teen Chapel. There's no Hopefully. way. You, you, you're just saying other people think that to make yourself feel better. No. People I actually think you I actually think that's that's true. People people do. So I was there over the uh, earlier this year when I pieced out for like two weeks, and they don't let you take pictures there, which sucks. By the way, so you got. I hope the Vatican isn't listening to this. But so what I'm doing is I'm pretending I'm texting and I'm just snapping shots. I'm like, I got David and David and uh, or not David. Fuck the uh, Adam reaching out like. You just got to pretend you're texting, take a pic, looking up, selfie mode. If you're ever in the Sistine Chapel, that's how you do it. I'm going I'm I'm to get killed by the Vatican. Yeah, they're sending somebody over. If we oh, don't hear gosh. from you tomorrow, we'll, uh, we'll send the Pick authorities. 12, Austin. Makai Lemon, who is technically my top wide receiver, although like but from a great perspective, although I just like Jonte Cook more. Uh, he, he's just my favorite, but lemon profiles very similarly to Jordan Addison. Um, I, I, he's played with Malachi Nelson all through high school. They love each other. He caught like 52 touchdowns from Malachi Nelson in high school. Like you think Malachi Nelson's going to throw him the ball in college? Probably. So I, I think that he'll be a good player there for USC over the next few years. All right, here is 1 through 12. Malachi Nelson, USC, quarterback, went number one. Cedric Baxter, running back, Texas, went number two. Arch Manning, quarterback, Texas, went number three. Zachariah Branch, wide receiver, USC, number four. Dante Moore, quarterback, UCLA, went number five. Jonte Cook, wide receiver, Texas, went number six. Hakeem Williams, wide receiver, Florida State, went number seven. Justice Haynes, uh, running back, Alabama went number eight. Jackson Arnold, quarterback, uh, Oklahoma went number nine. Brandon Ennis, wide receiver, Ohio State went number 10. Jerion Dickey, wide receiver, uh, Oregon went number 11. And, and Makai Lemon, wide receiver, USC went number 12. I guess that brings me to the first round. We're going to do two rounds, right? All right. I'm going to yeah. stop his slide here. Nico Iamalieva, um, I think that people are worried about his frame and not necessarily having a traditional uh, uh, collegiate or NFL frame. But you know what? Neither did Baker Mayfield. Neither did neither did uh, 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 Kyler Murray. You know, these guys don't have traditional frames until they do until someone does it. And they're like, oh, well, I guess this guy can uh, play the position. He's also going. In a in, into a system that I think is perfectly suited uh, for his skill set, and there's no starter. I'm, I'm assuming Hendon Hooker doesn't have any eligibility left and have declared. Hooker does not. They swear up and down. I don't want to hear Milton it. Is starting. Uh, <laughs> Joe Milton is starting. They okay, swear. whatever. They swear. whatever. So Nico Iamaliev, I'm going to take him here at the 102 or the 201. I don't even like Nico, and I think this is a fine spot for him. Yep. Like I just think that offense is such a smash spot, and after you get outside a few guys, like yeah, I'll just take the give, give me the points now. I'll worry about later, later. Um, so yeah, I actually, you know, I, I like that spot. Felix Saints a good. I think more often than not, he might actually go in the first round of supplementals because we have a lot of people that disagree uh, with our take on Nico being uh, skeptical about his NFL future. I would have taken him if he did not. So, like, I think we're in the right range here. No greater praise. All right, Chris. And I would have. Uh... I would have also taken your guy too. So I feel like we're, we're in lockstep on this. I am going to go. Um, I've gone back and forth on this one. Cause I wanted to take Mikhail lemon and then 
you took him, and then now now I'm kind of scrambling a little bit. I'm gonna go Deuce Robinson. I am someone who notoriously take, notoriously takes tight ends early because I feel like they are a. Where is Deuce Robinson committed? I don't know yet. Yet nowhere. 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 <laughs> He's nowhere. from Arizona, right? He is. Yeah. It, but word on the street is te- is uh as USC, USC but no yeah. no confirmation on that yet yeah U- USC uh Oregon apparently is making a push I don't I don't know I, I I would be surprised if he didn't end up USC as well but he is by far in my opinion the tight end won the class and he does not grade out that way for us we have uh Andrew Aplea at one who's committed to Penn State but Deuce Robinson is the kind of I we talked about it earlier if you want to go back and listen to why that is the case. Um, but Deuce Robinson, I think is by far the best tight end in this class. And he is a special kind of player that can be the difference maker at tight end on your college fantasy side. And if he packs on 15 pounds is possibly an NFL future first round pick, just really, really special player. He is a special athlete. He joins Kyler Murray and AJ Brown is just the third there to name under armor all-american in both football and baseball uh, he went to the same school as both spencer Rattler, at pinnacle high school there in arizona both uh, spencer rattler and dorian and dorian singer but um yeah Breaking he is one news. of these it's actually funny that you guys say this deuce robinson received a new crystal ball in 24 7 to colorado arizona USC. georgia oh come on i i don't hate that what do you mean i like, hate it there's yeah, no place in, there's no place bettering better at developing tight ends yes there is yes there is he's Where? not gonna play there they, they just had eric gilbert enter that he can go he can go to usc he can go to iowa he can go to michigan so here he, he, go here's play why, with dan lanning there here here's why i actually hate what georgia is doing here they've already locked up two other commitments in their tight end room in this class and they've gotten them to sign which means at this point they would have to transfer. That is a ginormous middle finger to the two tight ends that they signed. I actually, I hate when schools pull this crap. I, I I will probably never root for Georgia again in my life if this is what happens. I just think it's such an fu to the the players that they've already brought in. P- P- who Pierce Berlin and what Lawson Lawson Lucky? Lucky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's a better player than both those guys. Don't get me wrong, but it's it. Yeah, Nelly, it's scummy. It is. It, it's it's yeah. It, it it's incredibly scummy and they're not going to face any repercussions. We'll hold them accountable. Yeah. Someone, somebody here will somebody um, here. Will. Yeah. So just, all right, just let's speed this up. Gentlemen, we got the second round. Austin you're <laughs> on the clock. Give me Roderick Robinson running back headed to Georgia. Um, was supposed to go to UCLA. That still bums me out a little bit, but I just think he's a good player. He's 230 pounds. He is like a dog. Um, led his high school to his first ever state championship with a with a injured hamstring and was still putting up like 350 yards per game. Uh, the guy's just good. He he can do everything. I I don't I don't care that he's not going to play it all next year. Whatever, whatever. Felix, it's my turn. Um, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna go back to the wide receiver position, and I'm just looking to make sure that that's exactly what I want to do. And yeah, it is what I want to do. I'm gonna go ahead and take a shot at an Alabama wide receiver here, uh, a productive Alabama wide receiver playing in Texas 5A. 
uh, Jalen Hale, um, you know, six foot one, 185 pound, four star with a depth chart that doesn't have a lot of established players uh, there at Alabama. So give me Jalen Hale. Chris. If you're watching the video, I threw my head back because I thought Felix was going to take the guy that I wanted, which is an Alabama wide receiver named Malik Benson. Uh, an incredibly productive I, I, wide I receiver. Forgot, I forgot what I was going to do here. I actually forgot what I was going to do. Go ahead. He he's, was an incredibly productive wide receiver last year. The only reason that he didn't go uh, to the... The reason that he went Juco, I should say, is because there were non-football concerns. Um, 10 for 400 meter. He's 6'1". Um, he had a 61% receiving yarded share, 92% touchdown yarded share, uh, an over six receiving yards per team pass attempt, an elite returner, 13 kicks for 27.1 uh, return yard average. Like This is a dude who can play freaking football. He's going to be really good, in my opinion, at Hutchins. Uh, uh, he's coming from Hutchinson, going to Alabama. Um, I, I really, really like him in this class. And he's he'll be a second-year player, but he's good. Is Hutchinson's where uh, Cam Newton went? No. Uh, Alvin no, Kamara went there, so. I think. Okay. All right. They're, they're like a very, very notorious – not notorious. They're just a very popular Juca destination Juca. for a lot of high, high-end players, yeah. All right, so I'm actually going to take the running back. So I have Roderick Robinson as my RB4. I'm actually going to take the guy that I have at RB3 here, and that's Dontavious Brasswell, and I'm sure that's going to make Chris happy because I believe he's a South Carolina commit. Um, so I, thought I, could look, get like, I thought I could get him next or I would have taken him. There, there, There is literally no receiving work at all on his tape. Um, <laughs> but I like him a lot. He's got a, a lot of wiggle at over 200 pounds already. I think defenders have a really, really tough time squaring him up, which I, I think is definitely a plus. Uh, you know, some of those micro movements that you were talking about uh, on Twitter the other day, Felix, I think he has them in spades. I think he's a very natural athlete. I think he's a bit of a, an advanced runner already. Like he knows how to, you know, flash in rushing lanes to make defenders commit and then bounce. Um, like he already kind of has uh, that skill down, which I like to see a lot. I just really like him. He, he's physical. He, he's and again, he he's already over 200 pounds, and I think like he actually looks like he's over 200 pounds. So I, I like this kid. I think he can be pretty good there at South Carolina. Uh, Chris, you reminded me what my strategy was going to be for my next pick, and I get to execute that strategy here at the 207. I'm taking Devontae Walker, uh, who is probably available in 95 percent. 95. We oh, just believe Benson. He's not a freshman. Yeah, he's come from Juco though. Devontae Walker is available in like Devontae Walker won't nine, even qualify like for our freshman guide. No way. Yes, he will. No, yes, he, he will. He should. He's it has I'll, to be players that are under five percent rostered on fan tracks. He's certainly he, like he's 75 like, to 90 percent. Yeah, not 75 percent rostered. Yes, he is. He was like a wide receiver like 15 on the year. Yes, he's rostered. He's, he's available in a lot of my CTC no, leagues. Oh, okay, can I dumbass? All right, I'll make my pick then. Uh, I'm going to go Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State. (laughs) Ooh, never heard of Um, that. All right, let me – so I got to pick somebody else. You guys are stretching the bounds of my current knowledge of this class. Um, I think I'm going to go with a high upside pick. Is that what I'm going to do? 
Jeez. Now I don't know what I'm doing now. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Aiden Childs here. I'm gonna reach and Ooh. go with Aiden Childs, uh, who's committed to Oregon State. Hey, Matt Bruning has hit on, you know, Quinshawn Judkins last year. We're talking about six foot four, 195 pound uh quarterback that you know the, the, he could potentially start as a freshman. Um and that's pretty – I mean, he's noted as a true dual-threat quarterback here. So, uh, give me Aiden Childs at, at the uh, 208. So, I don't I don't have it written down. So, tell me if I am – do we select Ruben Owens? No, we did not. He would have been my next pick. I mean, okay. yes, he's gone. He's gone, yes. Um, okay, so I'm certainly going to take Ruben Owens, who – is a very high-end running back and has fallen too far in our draft. He will be – I'd be shocked if he wasn't going higher uh, next time around. We're just not – like, I, I don't think any of us are, like, mega fans of him, but I think where we're at right now, it, it's a no-brainer to take the upside play. Uh, Texas A&M running back room is kind of depleted. They have Le'Veon Moss. Um but, you know, they could certainly use a, a guy like Ruben Owens coming in. Uh, and, I mean, I think he could be like a, a 1B situation to Moss if Moss is even the guy next year. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty shallow room. Not a huge fan of his, but it's just it's just value here, to be honest. Well, I'm going to take – and this is a guy – this is my wide receiver 17, but I think I'm going to take him here because I, I I want him, and I think I need to rewatch him because I think he'll he'll bump up a little bit. Card, Carnell Tate, wide receiver headed to Ohio State. I think he's well-positioned to be the next boundary guy there after the current group leaves. Like, yeah, I don't think he'll play that much this year. Um, and I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic that he's not going to be a zero because that depth is just not really strong. Uh, overall in that wide receiver group. But uh, out of IMG Academy, like he can do a little bit of everything. He's a pretty good athlete. Um, this feels like a guy that if, you, if you're going to take him, you got to take him in this range. So give me give me Tate. I'm like out of names. Uh, <laughs> can I phone a friend? Can I phone a friend? Austin, give me a – give the people – you've been called because you're being DM'd uh, – Somebody doesn't know who to take at the 210 in their freshman and supplemental draft guide. And they're an NIL member at Campus to Canton. They've paid $79.99 for the year to be in the NIL level tier. And so um, who are you taking here? Help me out. Who are you taking here at the 210? I think there's two intriguing names here. The first one being Shelton Sampson, the wide receiver going to LSU, who's like 6'3". He's kind of Quentin Johnston-ish. If I had to describe him, you know, very, very briefly, because this is a, I hear it's only a 30 second call. That's all we've got. So Shelton Sampson or uh, Richard Young is my next running back. And he's also headed to Alabama. So depending on how you feel about Justice Haynes, you know, maybe, maybe Young never plays there, but, um, but I, I like Young too. It would have been funny if you cut yourself off. Just sorry, like, Richard. Yeah. But I also take and just, and just let it, just let it go. Uh, I'm not going to take uh, Richard Young because I just don't. I if he's better than Justice Haynes, that's I'm going going to be shocked. But I think that the backfield there is going to be Rodette Williams, uh, Jamarion Miller, uh, Jace McClellan, and and Justin Haynes and just and Justice Haynes. And Nelly is telling me to take Richard Young. 
He said that I think before oh. I said it for the record. He did. He did. Here. He did. But you said that you said Quentin Johnston, and I need Ish. wide receivers. Yeah. The yeah. running back position is just so much easier to fill. So give me. I'm going to take the what I think is the rarer commodity, and I will take Sheldon Sampson, which I hope is my last pick. I think it is. It, it is. is. You got lucky. Pick. Yeah. Let's got do round three. Pick. No. Okay, that works. No. No. I I've gone back and forth on this pick up bunch um because it's my last pick you know i'm i want to make sure i get the right one i'm gonna go with the guy that we had on earlier uh joined us for the very end of national signing day he signed his letter of intent to go to kansas state and i'm to go going to go quarterback avery johnson who is not quite there physically yet but i think he can be he has the frame to add weight and i think that he could be a very good option in this Kansas state offense. I think he's the type of quarterback that they're looking for there. And I think he's a perfect fit. I think he's going to be a very productive collegiate quarterback, bring you CFF upside. And I think that he has the tools to possibly transition to the NFL side. He talked about how he is working with his personal quarterback coach based out of Kansas city. And you saw uh, an improvement in his mechanics from last year to this year and i think that he could still only be improving so i i am going to select friend of campus can avery johnson well with the last pick here then um i'm going to take the only tier one player i actually have left i actually have one tier one player left and this player scares the absolute crap out of me which is why i did not take him earlier but i have Jaden greathouse as a tier one wide receiver in this mm. class going to notre dame he's out of texas i get a lot of in kill harry vibes out of him He's a 6'2", 6'3", 200-plus pound wide receiver that, like, I must, if you're 6'2", 200 and you return punts, like, I am just all over you. I, I don't even care. This kid does that at a very high level. I believe he had five or six touchdowns on kick returns this year alone. Um, he, he can stretch the field. He dominated the highest level of Texas football. Uh, high school football competition there uh, over the past two seasons. He's going to a wide open depth chart at Notre Dame at a school that seems like they're more committed to trying to pass the ball if they can get a quarterback in there to do that. So where could it go wrong? I just think I worry about his high-end athletic ability, um, and I worry that Notre Dame just kind of sucks at evaluating wide receivers. So maybe there's something off there. But uh, I, I like him, and he's my wide receiver four. So um, to get him here makes me pretty happy. You have an engagement with Jaden Greyhouse later. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. Inside joke there. Here's the rest of the second round. To recap, at the at the uh, first pick, Nico Iamalieva, quarterback, Texas. Deuce Robinson, tight end, uncommitted, but crystal ball to Georgia. Roderick Robinson, running back. Where is he going? Georgia. Georgia. Georgia, uh, Jalen Hale, Hale, wide receiver, Alabama. Malik Benson. I don't know why I'm being teased for, for choosing the next player, but Malik Benson uh, out of Community College, out of JUCO, going to Alabama. I took uh, – or, excuse me, uh, uh, Devontae Braswell, running back, South Carolina. Dontavious Braswell, running back. Dontavious Braswell, running back, South Carolina. Then I took Devontae Walker, uh, wide receiver, North Carolina. Uh, Aiden, wait, did I yeah, also Aiden take, Trials. wait, do we, I think we have one more pick left because I, no, we don't, unless I'm I missing wrote a pick down. here. Okay. Trials is did, next. 
Do you, want, do you want me to pick up where you left off here? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. So Aiden Childs, quarterback, headed to Oregon State. Ruben Owens, running back, headed to Texas A&M. Carnell Tate, wide receiver, headed to Ohio State. Shelton Sampson, wide receiver, LSU. Avery Johnson, quarterback, Kansas State. And then Jaden Greathouse, wide receiver, Notre Dame. All right, Chris, parting shot. You sprung it on me. I apologize. Hold on. There has to be no sound between the time he says parting shot and the time the first line is uttered of the parting shot. We are going to get this right on the next show. All right. Actually, reset it. Austin, go ahead and reset it. All right, Chris, parting shot. Not everyone is in the weeds like we are. Analyzing long shot players from 131 and more, including FCS programs, to find NFL potential. What shouldn't get lost in this is the thousands of players who don't have NFL potential but are making the game what it is. Take Carlton Marshall from Troy, for example. A walk-on at the time, he's probably too small to be drafted at 5'8 as a linebacker, but he did break the all-time tackle record. He led the Troy Trojans to their second-ever ranked finish in the AP poll and one of their best finishes ever under John Sumrall. It's stories like this that make college football better. Marshall is likely on his way to being a fun trivia question in a few years, but the impact that he had on the game is undeniable, both in Troy history, but now he holds coveted records. Just because the general fantasy community doesn't care about these players, shouldn't take away from their accomplishments, and without these unsung heroes, college football is boring, stagnant, and an uncomfortable amount of parody. I say all of this to realize that during bowl season, you're seeing some of college football's best careers end, and we should appreciate the players' for what they are and how they improve the game, despite not always having NFL upside. It was the night before signing day and across the nation. Players chose schools after months of anticipation. The hats on the tables, the fax machines tested for those signatures that were heavily contested. The NIL money was promised and paid to ensure the commitments would not be delayed. And with Saban in his suit and Harbaugh in his slacks, the fervor had reached a tumultuous climax. When on their cell phone, there appeared a new text from other coaching staffs they'd swore they'd reject. You up read the message? I'm just checking in. Your signature is one that I would like to win. Our depth chart is lacking. There's playing time here. As long as you're willing to sit for a year. As loyal as player had been up till then, the thought of that change kept creeping back in. The O-line, the receivers, the staff's reputation, the offensive system causing defensive frustration. The idea was intoxicating. The player was hooked. A plane ticket to school number two was now booked. A night of no sleep soon followed this exchange. The thought of a different jersey was strange. How will my old school feel when I confess? That bridge is probably burned if I had to guess. Departing that morning under cloak of night, the player arrived before daylight. The limo was waiting, no media presence. A staffer offered a greeting. He was overly pleasant. We're so excited to have you, the assistant coach stated. Now on to our office, the moment awaited. By now, word the player was in a different town, had somehow leaked, and had gotten around. How dare he? Ungrateful, opposing fans hurled. Why couldn't he stay? We offered the world. And with these words, he realized that his choice was sound. Why would he want to play in front of, this cl- in front of these clowns? As he entered the room, cameras flashed, people cheered. As an 18-year-old, the feeling was weird. He signed on the line. The deed was done. There was talk of championships that soon would be won. And I heard him exclaim, as the volume did rise, I'm happy to be here at Bama. Roll Tide. 
That's going to do it for tonight's show. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreet. We will get him rescheduled from Felix Sharp, from Chris Moxley, from Austin Nace, from everybody here at C2C. Happy holidays. We are truly flattered that you guys choose to spend at least an hour a week with us. We look forward to spending another year talking college football with all of you guys. Uh, happy holidays. Happy New Year. Um, and uh, and, and uh, we'll be thinking about you guys. We'll get Kirk Herbstreet back on here in the new year. We promise. Sort of. <laughs>